Aaron, welcome to the podcast. If you could just start off by telling us a little bit about your career so far and your company, Amble. Sure. Um, so Amble basically was an idea that I had a couple of years ago when my manager asked me to find a last-minute table. Um, you know that going on different sites, no times available, or typing on Google restaurants near me and then having to call around. And I just said out loud, why can't I just say six of us need a table and that broadcast out to nearby venues and then let the restaurants actually see the customers, so like Uber but for bars and restaurants. And then I basically um, started walking around London every day after work, pitching restaurants my idea to try and attract them live and active customers. Um, and that was the sort of start of, of Amble and then we launched it uh, at the end of last year. Yeah, what is it you think like Amble, why do you think it stands out amongst its competitors? I mean, there aren't really anyone anyone doing it exactly like mm. you're doing it, but you know, you can go on Yelp, you can go on TripAdvisor or anything to find places, but what is it about Amble that makes it so easy and seamless to find where you want to go? I think, I think it's the convenience and I also think that we live in a, we live in a generation now where people just click stuff and it arrives, whether it be delivery or taxis or whatever it is, or Uber, right? So we wanted to make something where you were in that situation where you go, this is what I want right now for when you want it and someone can come and give you that instant, instant answer. And ultimately, we're just trying to save time finding great places um, because everything else is almost a directory or a listing and it's still leaving you to go and search where actually we want the venues to come to you. Yeah, and you, you started all this, while you, well, you mentioned earlier, while you were in a corporate career, and mm. you were doing it outside of hours. You know, did you, was it more like the idea you wanted this to happen so badly that like you, you just thought it was a necessity to do, or were you like, I wasn't happy in my corporate career, I wanted to become an entrepreneur, I wanted to create a business, like which, which way around was it? No, I, I've always wanted to do my own thing, and I've always sort of done something on the side, but I was in a very, very good job very stable job and I enjoyed it um, but there's just there's been this passion to go out and try and do something and obviously we're in a tough market we're in a marketplace out we're in hospitality it's a very tough industry as well but uh, you know and you'll know from the success rates of these kind of businesses is low but if you make them work then they could be something great and I feel like that's the kind of pressure and passion that I needed to combine to actually get this done um, but in terms of leaving it was like a non-negotiable it was like well I have to leave to get this to work there isn't this is not a sideline business it's all or nothing. What was the moment then that you were like, okay, I can actually pursue this full time? Well, I think I hired one of our sales guys after we first raised a bit of money and he was just out getting venues on saying people really want this. And I knew that it was a customer and I, and I needed to, with my co-founder, pioneer that whole journey of how do we make this app amazing and there are these venues that want it. And I just said, we've got to go right now. We've both got to quit. And we just did. And it was the best decision we made because we then went and raised two million pounds and actually got out there and started to really get in and start building this thing. Yeah, and you just mentioned your co-founder there. And I mean, any person you talk to that's doing a business, they say how important it is to have a co-founder and, well, not just have a co-founder, but that delegation of responsibilities within the company. And obviously when you're both like going to restaurants after after your job, your day-to-day jobs and it's a very taxing, time-consuming thing. Like, how did you like keep each other accountable and work out who was better at doing what in terms of getting the business going? He's my best mate, so I've known him for eighteen years since we were ten. So I know what he's good at. And he knows what mm. I can do, and he's good at the processes and the building and the tech side and that like, quite the important stuff. Whereas I just want to get out of there and get my hands dirty and start growing. Um, it complements each other really well, though. 
because um, you know I have ideas and he'll sort of filter them and make sure that we can execute them as well. So it's working really well. But it, it you know we it, it has been tough. Like we are working sixteen hours, seventeen hours a day with each other, um, and it's still we've still got to maintain our friendship as well because everything we are just you know. But at the moment, everything is just about the business. Yeah. All our conversations are just about the business. There's nothing else in our minds other than getting Amble out there, getting it to work. Yeah, so when you first started, uh, your, your main job was just making sure that restaurants were interested and, and, and then you can go from there. But like, what is actually your day-to-day job now? Like, what oh. are you doing to try and make Amble grow to the, what you think it should be? It's everything from tech development through to venue engagement, through to UI designs, through to marketing strategies, raising funds, investor relations, teaching with the sales guys, the narrative of the business, uh, things like this which are good to discuss and actually sort of get out there to a wide audience and tell the story about. So there's all these things that we've got to keep doing and keep it consistent. Um, but I'm also learning. I've never launched a startup before. This is my first startup. So it's all a kind of an unknown. Um, only really, you know, we've been out for like, say, six months now. So it's only really now we're learning just how customers want this app to work and what they think about it and building on that to make sure that we can get to where we need to be, which is obviously, you know, I want this to be a household name, this business. I want it to be the way that people book and discover venues. It's changing a behavior and is, is more of a mission to that and it's definitely not an overnight thing. Yeah, what did you think you took from your corporate career into, you know, you say you've never done a start before, like this is the first time thing, like what, how do you think it helped prepare you for this? Because there's no mm. one way of, you know, going into entrepreneurship. Some people start when they're really young or, you know, when they're much, much older, or, like there's, but the way you get to it is never the same. Like, no. What was your process of like learning that I could do this and, and what have you Well, I'm still figuring out if I can do it. Like I haven't proven anything yet. I've yeah. launched an app and people have downloaded it and people are using it. It's just about getting more and more to do so. But my old, I was in sales my whole working career and actually a lot of it is down to sales. Well, you know, explaining how the product needs to work, getting your concept and why you're doing this across especially with investors as well, it's like, it, it makes it easier to share the vision when you're that passionate and you genuinely can get that across to people, you know? So the, from that side, it's definitely helped, but the rest of it, hospitality, being a marketplace tech, is all things that I've just had to learn. But what I do, what I do know is that I'm much further ahead as a person than I think I would have been in a, in a corporate job. Yeah, I guess like, with your job being, you know, going out to people every day and like you're you take that, that side of the business a bit more where you're actually speaking to the restaurants mm. and the customers you know growing like actually learning about yourself and you know like you were saying like being steps ahead in that way is probably the most important thing right like being relatable being approachable and you know i, I wonder when you actually go into these you know restaurants what mm. is like the possible red flag or like the red tape why people wouldn't ever take it because to me it's like a no-brainer that a restaurant would get involved like it just brings them customers yeah it, it does um but it's also still a startup i.e you know some venues get a lot of bookings, some venues don't you know it's not been around long enough to be established enough there's customers still learning the platform you know we're only got 370 restaurants in london so you're not all over london yet right so yeah. there's so much work that needs to be done and you know some venues um you know to be honest most of the venues have been fantastic um, but it all just depends on how they want the business to work, which is why we pushed so much to make such a plug and play system where they can literally self on board, 
within 10 minutes and start getting a business and using it how they want to. It's completely optional for how they want it. They can either have everything on and drive as much as they want or they can pick and choose when they want to take customers. So that's the kind of gap that we're trying to fill. Um, and we need to keep improving it based on behavior to make sure that it can just adapt to a wider market. You know, when we launched, it was nothing like it is now. Mm. Um, it's barely a product, but it's just something that we need to keep growing. Yeah, and how, I mean, for me, when I go on the app now, like, obviously I found it maybe a little bit later than your initial customers. Like, yeah. There are loads of places and it seems like a very, like an app that I would genuinely use. Was it 360 places? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in London. And also not just like 360 places. Like, I'm curious as, as, as to your strategy when you're actually going about who do you want to onboard? Who do you them because on? I'd say they're probably more upmarket in general from, from what I see. And like, yeah, what was your process of like, okay, this is where we need to start because you can't just like splat a gun all around London to anywhere, everywhere and anywhere. Like, no. No, you, we, we started in the city, Soho and Chelsea, so you've got a bit of residential and then obviously where people go, tourists and then corporate, right? And then it was seeing how people behave using the app. Um, naturally, the higher end or sort of mid to premium venues are on it because obviously they've got expensive seats to fill. Um, and it's just about showing that they are accessible even if you think they're not. Um, but we are trying to get a mix of to suit everyone, i.e. we want people to just use our app to go out. We want actually people to go out more on their app because it's easier to do so. So there's a lot to it in terms of picking the right venues and also the places. Like we can see what areas we're starting to get a lot of downloads in and try and get venues for them. You know, we want customers to almost tell us what venues that we want and we'll go and get it for them. You know, we want it to be a real like consumer facing app. Yeah, and that customer feedback is essential for any business. Massive. It? Like, it's the most important thing which you haven't got business. Yeah, I mean, and, and I guess like, for anyone who's thinking about starting something or you know it's more difficult maybe with the people that are trying to go into like the mm. AI kind of fintech space but if you can you know verify or like find out if this product is actually going to work like it just seems like obviously you you made sure the product was good you made sure the app worked and everything but you did just kind of like start from the bottom and, yeah. and keep learning from what people are saying to you what yeah what the customers think we listen to everything I mean there's an, e there's an email that goes out from me after someone's made a couple of bookings to get their feedback on how it worked. And there's teething issues, you know, sometimes the, the booking hasn't gone through or, um, you know, sometimes the app crashes and these are all just small things. But then we make the updates and then you see them come back again and they have an amazing experience, like they'll get a free cocktail on arrival or the app just works seamless and they, it saves them in that moment. And that's the kind of key sort of glimmers of product market fit, which is the key thing that we need to keep pushing on but it's a long long road ahead um, and it's tough yeah and one thing I'm curious about is that aside from the app and the ability to just book restaurants like, whenever you want um, you've got these sort of events that you, that you run or like Amble were they like partnered events or yeah or why actually are they and why do you do that and, like, why well, we're kind benefit? of testing with them because there's a lot of really cool brands out there cool concepts and experiences that um, trying to drive their awareness. And we're getting a lot of like activity on the actual app. So the fact that a, an events uh, business can almost make a pop-up event on there to then attract active people to is actually quite cool. Yeah. So again, it's just a supplement from them too. So, so you, again, you've got everything in one place on an app. You've got your restaurants, your bars, your experiences, and then you've also got cool pop-up events. Um, so it's kind of been a bit of a test. So we've done a few of those. I think we've got one tonight as well. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's really interesting that this app has come out after COVID because you know yeah. it must be like obviously a personal driver trying to get 
you know, what you want to get back out there, go to restaurants, dine and socialise and, and, and you're helping. You know, it is actually a very good cause, you think, about because mm. there are a lot of people that are still a bit, like, tentative or, yeah, like, yeah. trying to regain their, like, social abilities. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, what what is, like, your personal actual driver for why you do Amble? Aside from the fact that it's convenient and you saw that it worked, like, why do you think it's an idea that has has to exist? I think... I think, look, I think where I go back to Uber, that sort of changed behaviour, i.e. I can land in any city now and someone's going to pick me up and I know it's going to happen. I feel like there's a lot of, oh, finding something is a bit of a faff and it's a bit hard work and you end up just going to the same places and not actually seeing what else is out there. And people don't want to think, they just want answers quickly. But from a venue side, there's the most amazing places being opened. And they have been hit hardest, I think, from train strikes to COVID, Brexit, all these things. And actually, there's some fantastic places and experiences that, like you said, if you can drive people to a place just to have a drink or a good meal, um, that's important. And, you know, for these venues, you know, the, the, another difference of ours is we're not like, if you pay more, you don't get seen more. It's a level playing field. So it really allows the venues to see active customers and go, yes, you can come here and invite you in and change that whole experience rather than just booking, turning up and whatever, you know. Um, we, want, we want it to be where you get what you want, but then the, cust- the venues can have an, all an equal opportunity to get to a customer. Yeah, and obviously everyone wants to know more about Amble, but for the viewers, for the, for the graduate guide, what might be very useful is like, looking at your LinkedIn, forgive me if I'm wrong, but you didn't go to university or anything. No. Yeah, so you went straight from school into the working world. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your thought process behind that? And how? I didn't even think about going to uni. Okay, well, like I just was not going to go. I was done with. Yeah. I was straight. Oh yeah, I just wanted to go and work and earn money. Yeah. I was just tired of not being able to do what I wanted, and I just knew that I wanted to go out there and start selling and start doing something. Um, and uni never crossed my mind, not yeah. once. Didn't even consider it. Yeah, well, it's interesting because like, I think there are a lot of people that might have done university and they had that that yeah. thing, and they just never like. They never executed it when they were, you know, 18. They, they had that choice. Or even I think it's, I mean, I th- look, I, I, every, most of my friends went to uni. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, you've got to, if you, if you, you, you've got to, if you need to figure out what you're doing or know what you want to do, it's an important part of, of it. And maybe I might have been ahead if I'd went to uni. I'd never know that, but didn't, didn't cross my mind. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, before you start Amboy, you see you got to a very good, point in your corporate yeah. career you got to a very good company and like obviously that was the process of working from like uh, you know that's a job to, to the way where you were then but yeah what what was that whole process from the very beginning like as a, a piece of advice to anyone even if it's straight out of university or you know say they're 18 like how can they like rise through the ranks and just just from hard work and you know a desire to progress and everything how what would be your advice people to you know, progress through your corporate career advice Ugh. man I'm not qualified to give advice like yeah but I, th- I think there's two things I think you don't need to know what you want to do yet that will happen um, and I think if you do wanting to go into something like entrepreneurship or starting your own thing forget about all the thousand things that you'll need to do to get it to work just start with the one thing today that might work whether it's making a website or a logo or thinking about what it is or just researching a market or speaking to someone that's done it before just do something that gets you on that 
journey. And you start to sort of, un, you know, you start to uncover really what you actually care about. And that's the most important thing. It's like, look, don't get me wrong, doing this business is stressful. Yeah. Uh, it's hard, but I'm passionate about making it work. So it means that I, you know, when I was in my job, it, yeah, it was nine to five and I get to 4.30 and be like, oh, I don't have an off switch with this because I care about it. Yeah. And I think it's important that you try and find that, but you don't have to find it within the first year or two years. I mean, I'm 28 now. Like I've only now just found something that I want to do after 10 years of working. So there isn't a time limit to do that. But when you do do it, you'll know because nothing else matters apart from getting what you need to work and it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, and something maybe I can relate to and I see... In well, this, what you're, so, like what you're well, doing. Well, yeah, I mean, I think what you're doing and one of the reasons why like this is so beneficial to me and, and why there's no reason why I wouldn't continue to do it or why I wouldn't have started it is that, that naivety that you have when you're young or, yeah. or you're inexperienced in something like... Even in your you know, your business, like you're saying, you've never done it before. You, you're not claiming to know everything. Even with your customer feedback relations, like having no idea is sometimes appealing because it's not what you know what you know. Then it's it's how you react, mm. right? And and even with your your corporate career, like you just started from mm. eighteen. Like people, you know, they're not meant to take you seriously at that age. But that's like the, the time that you can like um you know underground like when, when learn, people aren't seeing yeah, yeah, learn, yeah learn your trade and yeah what what are your opinions on on just I mean obviously you've you've said that people should just start but like how has that like naivety and like benefit you in your in your business for example well I just think I'm very open to learn and listen to the right people I don't get me wrong my app from the venue side has not been done by me or my co-founder it's been by hospitality experts that know what they're talking about and know exactly how an app needs to work raising funds where do you start I need to go and ask people how to do that you know, where do you start learning an app? Well, there's information to do that. It's all out there to just go and find if you're actually open to listen to it. And then you just soak in, probably because I was young, I'm still in that phase, you're just still absorbing everything. Like, I'm not, you know, shunting myself off to knowledge. Mm. I don't know, I need to, I need to navigate this, this world. I've never done it before, but there are hundreds of people that have and done it really well. And you just need to go out and find those people to help you. And, and most people do. And that's probably where we've actually got to this stage is because we've, it's not just been me and my co-founder going right. We know you, we know best. It's everyone else knows best. Let's go and get some information. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel. Like I mean, I got a lot of imposter syndrome going to UCL, which yeah. is like like you know you automatically get branded with like oh he must be academic, he must be clever. But like for me, I kind of got <laughs> carried through my history degree. I feel by, by my clever <laughs> mates. But there's almost a skill in that, right? Like yeah. understanding what you're good at and what you're not, and that delegation in any facet of life, like it's important to do and. I wonder with, with Amble, like you say, one of the first things, the obvious next step would be to get people in sales, right? Because that's what makes the business function. But what other delegation have you done since then to like make your business run better? Sales is important because, but the other thing with the sales guys is, you know, they're not selling product that exists. So it's not like they're moving from one company to another to sell something. So there's a whole training and learning and obviously the product's changing every week or improving every week, right? So there's more and more to sell. But that's one thing to delegate because then they need to learn their craft in selling this and when we grow they're going to be the ones training up everyone else um there's a lot of delegation but we as founders we're not big enough to just let things go or just let people run in certain parts of business because it's not big enough yet to delegate per se i mean we all have our you know we have our views on marketing obviously like the founder video that went out um you know we were we were marketing and i was like to my co-founders like we need to tell people why we're here because they don't understand the app right now. 
you know, they're using it, but they don't know we're a startup. They don't know it's a few months old. They don't know why we're doing this. And I feel like if people understood that, then they might go, fair enough, and I'll use it. And obviously, that's kind of the video that really pushed mm. us and meant we did more content like that. So you kind of take a step back and get involved with everything. But you do. But, but finding people at the start is very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah. And I, I mean, so I, the way I sort of see that in a weird way is that it's like the equivalent of, you know, when you get Forbes 30 under 30, like, yeah. like people just put it all over their personal mm. brand and it's like, look, what, it's important for you to know that this isn't just like a business that's aged and old or I've just been like given it or inherited it. Like you're someone who's been doing this since young. Like it's almost mm. something, you know, a new you know, bow to play with. It's like, I, I think, yeah, it, it's very important to, for people to understand the journey. And when you're making these videos, because they are actually like they're, they're very they're very good like they're, they're engaging they're captivating and I, I can't imagine that you were like nothing in your job says that you were like a social media like nothing. TikTok influencer no, like never done it so never was, done that, was that just like learning yourself then or how did that give work? it a go <laughs> yeah see what works yeah not throw mud and see what sticks but like yeah. okay we need to tell the story of why we did this business because every time we've told someone about it they go I get it. So how do we do that 100,000 times? We need to make a short video that's engaging. So, you know, we find an expert who's good at making videos and we say, this is the message. And then you do that. So there's like, you can piece it together. You can't just say, how do we get our message across and expect someone to solve that for you? Yeah, and, and that's obviously getting across online. But I wonder, because uh, you'll be going well, throughout your life, but especially now, probably a big thing for you is like networking. Or it comes All under the, the time. Yeah, and is you know i'm finding it's, it's just it's so important like you can have all the degrees and qualifications that you want but like it's not just knowing people it's it's you know making sure people know the real you the authentic you like what would be your advice again to, to anyone who you know there's a lot of people at university who see these networking events as like you know just some suit and tie you watch someone give a a speech it's like no one really says anything they actually think like how do you think well, most of the time they are yeah. but there's other people in the room trying to get the same thing out of it as you you just got to be just got to be patient and find them you know you've got to go to these things you've got to learn how to navigate these things it's like you'll meet the best people at out and about yeah our business wouldn't work if we didn't sort of hit the streets and start selling and start talking to people and getting introduced to that person and that person i mean that's how we raise money as well all through introductions all through you know you should meet this person it's, it's you've got to get out there still whilst Everything tells you you can do everything from home. You can't. Yeah. It doesn't work. So one thing I find really interesting about businesses now is that you know they used to just be like you knew the business but not the founders. Like yeah, and you know maybe like someone like Richard Branson pioneered this whole thing of like putting your your name or a face to the brand and and with your business like you know like we said earlier it's not an AI brand. It's not something where you can just hide behind like the product like you've got to be, put your face out there and, mm. and I wonder with your own sort of personal branding not just online but in person like how do you find it or like how do you know who you're talking to in a business sense or in a oh, we're just mates like yeah. are you able to switch that off and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 I mean I'm pretty the same oh, yeah. all the way through and it's going to be hard to like, up, you know, uphold a certain image when it's not. But 
I think the main driver for doing things like this and talking about it is because I just want people to understand why we're doing it. Because mm. it'd be 10 times harder to push a product that, you know, it, it's, it's all about the education of the why. You know, like no one really cares what it does until it benefits them. Mm. If they understand the why you're even doing it, then they might take a look. And that's the thing, that's the important thing is, for me, it's like I need to get that message across. And I've got a team that can, but as a founder, you know, let's say there's 100 people in the room and I appeal to 10 people, or five of them, then that's my audience. And now I know who to go after, and now I know what to do. And those five people will influence, right? Not everyone's gonna like what you do, not everyone's gonna like us or me or whatever, but you can't, you can't please everyone. But what you can do is the people you do please is work as hard as you can to build something that actually works and actually something that people will use. And it's all about product market fit. Are people gonna use your app? And if talking about it is going to help that, then I'll do it all day. Yeah, uh, I think, well, one thing about Amble that stands out is, you know, you, you have got a pretty big following on, on Instagram and everything now, but it's more like, if you go on the app, it's so well-reviewed, like consistently well-reviewed. And, and I think, like, making sure that user experience is, is, is great and obviously reviews are important to any company. But, like, for you personally, what is the, the most, you know, what, what verifies to you like, is it the Instagram shares of, of people on Amble? Is it people coming to you and saying, hey, you really like sort me out yesterday? Like, I've, I forgot That's to post nice. for our day. Like, That's nice. It was. That's cool. I love that. It's waking up in the morning and seeing bookings. Yeah. Like, making money while I'm sleeping. Yeah. That's, for me, validation. And the same people coming back and using the app. Yeah. I got, the thing is, you're, you're probably helping out a lot of, like, I want to, mate. I, was like, I don't want anyone to be walking around going, I need this, or going to another city and being like, well, do you know anything around here? Yeah. If we had something where you could just get your answer like that, then great. There's not any, you know, there's a few places doing discounts and free things, but that's all down to the venue to push it how they want. You know, it's just about you going, I need this and getting it. Um, and you've just got to keep solving that problem. Yeah, and you've got like a, a reward system, is it, or like a point system. We're with, going to be, yeah. Going to oh, be, yeah. yeah that, mate, the roadmap for the app is like, it's nowhere near where I want it to be. Yeah, Like course. anywhere near finished. So there will be more of a rewards where the more you go out, the more you'll earn effectively. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I find that a lot as well doing this. Is, it's like, you've got a you've got a podcast, and at the moment it, it really is just a podcast, but there's so many things that, like, yeah. in my head I'm like, oh, I, it can be this. Like, I want people to know it's mm. this. Like, you just want to start releasing everything as quick as possible. But you've also you can't rush it, right? Like, you've got to make sure it's consistent with the quality you put everything else in. And, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, how do you? How are you managing? Like, you know, your expectations of where the app should be, and actually just like making sure you're delivering and not like doing it all too quickly, basically. I ain't trusting my founder and I's judgment. Yeah, like learning, listening, reviewing, not doing stuff because we think it's going to be a good idea or a quick fix, but like making those real. I'm very impulsive and he's not, so it's a good little balance. Mm -hmm. um, but they're the hardest decisions because you can't. You're like, it's very, if you get wrong, they're either costly or you have to go back, and it's very hard to scale back after you've scaled up. Yeah. So it's choosing the right time to do it. I mean, you know, when we, when I when I was starting the business, we signed up over a thousand venues on foot but we've only got 360, 70 live. So we haven't got everything live yet because we haven't been ready yeah. to start rolling it out. You know, we've got 25,000 users on the app right now in the last six months. Still, we need loads more, Yeah. right? Loads and loads, hundreds of thousands to get it right, but the app's still developing. So it's a process. 
you've just got to manage it, just be patient. And we couldn't be working harder if we tried. There isn't actually not enough hours in the day. Like I had to get the first train in, last train home. Um, and all of that work falls into this pipeline that just starts to happen when you need it to, hopefully, but you just got to put that graft in and try and do the right things and just think and be level-headed. You know, I wonder, how are you, you know, preventing burnout then? Or, or just... It's hard, man. Yeah, I mean, what are you doing? It's like, there's been time, I call my co-founder. If I'm about to explode, I'll call him. It's like a therapist. Yeah. yeah. Well, call me, I'll call him. Yeah. And we'll just rant and shout, calm each other down, yeah. go to the gym, Yeah. try to. Um, I don't really like, I see a lot of the jobs whining in the dining, but I don't like go out and drink and, you know, um, I, oh, I did go to Ibiza two weeks ago, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, like, it's just keeping, keeping yeah. in with the business. And right now, you know, I feel like burnout's not an option because we are in the toughest phase, i.e. post-launch, raising, pushing the business out. Most exciting as well, though. It, yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, you've got to enjoy it as well. Yeah. Otherwise, it just becomes stress rather than passion. Uh, yeah. Stress is not healthy no. in any sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's weird. I, I think for people at university or, you know, start trying to start their own business, I think one thing that adds to the stress as well is that you're used to, whether it's at school or having your parents nearby, like having that accountability there. And when you're doing a business solo or just you and your co-founder, there's nobody to hold you accountable. If the business stops working, nobody else is going to fix it but you. Like, and, and that's like a constant stress, even when you're not in the office, I guess. And I mean, how are you making sure, like, what is the actual practical steps that you and your co-founder are using to hold each other to account other than just like you know, having that good relationship? Are you writing everything down? Are you like, or have you got other people? Yeah, I mean, like yesterday, for example, um, Jed came round and we spent nine hours writing our business plan for the next three months. And although the business plan's short, it's like just making sure we're aligned on every single detail. Who's doing this? When are you doing it? So you've just got this plan to execute. And it's very, you can forecast ahead, but it's very hard to go much more than sort of six months, in my opinion, because you don't, anything can happen. I mean, tech gets delayed, something happens, there's all these things, you can have a forecast of what the business will look like, but there's so much that can change, it might go viral, it might completely crash, there might be all sorts of things happen, but if we know what we want to achieve over the next few months, and we can just align on that, like, you're going to be doing this and that, then, then it works. But there is this fine line of between divide and conquer, but then you almost too, you separate too much, and that's what happened. You know, a few months back, Jed was on one part of the business, I was another, and it didn't work because we were misaligned. We didn't know what side was going, this side, you know, what the left hand's doing to the right hand. So right now, we've got to be in the trenches together doing everything, and then it will start to pan out. We've got to be on everything as founders. Yeah, and I mean, I think I probably relate more to you and your co-founder about, like, you know, being spontaneous as a, as a founder, like, it is, did you, do you think you learned the hard way that you actually had to start writing these things down? Because for me, like, I was like, I don't, oh, I mate, thought I yeah. could keep it all in my head and no. just tell people about it, but you can't. No, I've got thousands of notes on my phone and you could do it like that. I mean, literally I'll write down in the morning or if I have thoughts, write everything down. And over the week I'll have just this awful, grammatically terrible list. 
and then I just put it into ChatGP and it gives it to me nicely. Yeah. Like, you can do that now. It's like a new employee. It's, it's ridiculous, like, mate. I'll be like, here's my brain fart, bang, here you go, yeah. sweet, there you go. So yeah. it works, that's, that's, there's things like that that can help, but you will forget, like you can't, you know, the founder videos and things like that, how I want that to be, I can't remember that a week later when I'm then got the time to look at it. You've got to write everything down. Yeah, and your actual working space is WeWorks, right? Is no, we're at um, a different one now, which is just down the road, still in still in bank area. But is yeah. it it's co-working space though? It's, it's we've got an office. You got an office. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what well, was there a reason for why like you switched from co-working to, to that kind of thing? Because well, we had an office before, but WeWorks expensive, so we found a yeah. good good alternative. We've got to be in the office. Yeah, well, everyone needs to know what's going on. Yeah, I think it's, we haven't got time to waste waiting for things we've got to move be really quick about it and vigilant and people need to be in there collaborating you know yeah we're a, I, we're a startup we're not a established business you know yeah we, we, we're, we're spending money we've got to make money um and we, you know we, we, we're only sort of you know we're only building restaurants and it's only obviously you know we're only charged when a venue a customer visits a venue so we've got to make sure that happens thousands and thousands and thousands of times a day you know and yeah. that's where we need to get it to oh, i completely agree and yeah, I, th I think one of the benefits of, you know, everyone talks about building up a team and delegation and like hiring new jobs, but being streamlined is one of the best things actually for a company because it's like, you don't need to go through all this red tape like, or like, should we do this? And then, you know, meetings about it, you just like, okay, act on it. And then you can actually solve the problem the quickest. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, how, how, how do you want, like, do you want to keep it? streamlined for as long as possible like how have you found that experience of like keeping the team as small because you the last thing you want to do as a startup is waste wages waste money on wages that you don't need to especially with chat gpt and everything like that yeah and then that's the thing is you know you, you have to go through that though you have to not waste it's the wrong word but you have to learn otherwise you'll be thinking oh if i did that and you've got to some people can really be great and some people can detriment and you've got to be quick about that and make sure that it doesn't catch you out. But you've got to hire people because you can't do it on your own, or you will burn out and you won't be able to do it and you won't be able to think. And that's why you need people right now is they'll help you get the job done. They'll actually maybe even help and give you ideas that you would never have. So it's hiring the right people, but you can't always get that bit right. I've, I don't know any founder that's just got it all right hiring. I mean, I don't think that exists. It's hard, it's yeah. hard, but you've got to be really diligent with it. Yeah. I I'm interested in that that first customer that you got. Like, well, I was like, who who was? I don't know if you can give them a shout out. But also, like, how did you make that first? Was it was it like a, a close yeah, there's connection? one there's one guy there's like there's one guy that's been like there from day one. His name's James Bolton, I think. Yeah, James Bolton, and he he's just all over our socials. I mean, he'll go to a venue and like just ping us a picture of him there. He must have done about twenty odd bookings by now. Like he's just on it, and it's wicked. It's nice to see. This is a guy we don't know. Yeah, I think he's from Brighton. I don't know. Might be, but he just loves Amble, and he's just been there. Sends us an update. We should do this, and he's just wicked. But that is the kind of like super user. Yeah. Uh, there's there's others, but he's one that was like early doors, always commenting on our posts, and and he's you know it's it's just nice to see. Yeah, the same with the first restaurant as well. Like, how, who were they, and like the how did you get them to make that first step when it's like, because normally it's way better, like from experience you know, in sales, you, you go and somebody say, these people are using it. Like 
Uh, these are the people we've already got on board. Like you can join it. Mm. Like this is how they like how you made that first one. Is it? There's obviously probably more of a process of like building a relationship with them personally and like getting them to like well, you. Mate, you've got to get doing. these venues engaged. You might not even get them a booking. It's like we need. To, you're showing them a concept that you want to do. You can't guarantee anything, right? So you've got to get people that believe. And this goes back to telling the story. You've got to get people that believe in what you're doing and it's going to work and they're going to support you doing that because you can't have a venue on for a week and then they go off. Mm. You need to be engaged until you get the product to work. I mean, it's like the classic Uber. Like they, when they went city to city, they had to pay drivers to be there until people came onto the app. And it's kind of like that now. We've got to keep the relationship there with the venues until our user base builds up and we've got the tech where we want. So it's like combining these three pillars to then achieve product market fit. It's not an easy task. Yeah. And that comes down to the relationship with the venues listening to the customers and just making sure that we can put it all into the tech. Yeah, and as we come to the end of the episode, I, I always ask every guest this, and... This, gone. What? <laughs> well, it, <laughs> Build up. Well, it's obviously a, a little bit of a... It is what you make of it, but I genuinely find it interesting because everyone's got such a different opinion on it. But I, obviously when you first you know, went into the corporate world, you have this idea of what a successful career would look like to you or what achieving successful that would be. And, and now... You know, even from when you first started Amble and where you're at now, I wonder what is your definition of success at this kind of time? Not wanting to do or be anyone else, I'd say. Mm. I wouldn't want to change my life for anyone. I just know where I want to get to. I want my life in five years' time. That's, that's what I want. I don't want anyone else's. I don't want anyone else's job. I don't want to be anyone else. I don't want to, I'm happy. That's what I'd say. That's a great answer. Is it? Yeah, I like that yeah. one because I feel like you know, my my favorite episodes are where people are just completely and um, you know, objectively themselves. They don't try and say what they think people want to hear, and like you've done that with every answer. Yeah, you know? and I, I think there's a lot that people can you know. That's the reason we do this podcast is that there's so many different careers you can go down, and so many different types of people in those careers, and like you can't possibly try and be all of them. You just got to take your favourite bits of advice or elements of that person and bring it to yourself. So I think you've been, yeah, a great guest for, for anyone like me, to be fair. No, I appreciate it, mate. I think what you're doing is great. I really do. I think yeah. you need to keep it up. It's going to be hard, but yeah. keep it up. Well, to me, it's like, yeah, I'm similar with Amble. I'm sure, like, this is what I feel happy and passionate doing. Like, then you do couldn't it. get me to sit down at an office doing math sheet, like, and I would be, like, one of the worst employees if it was that, but... I could work endlessly doing this. So, anyway, cheers for coming on, mate. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Thank you.